Uh, I want to thank Justin and Heidi for that, but I'll tell you right now, after that introduction, I'm exhausted. Uh, I'll just, right now, and I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not a runner. I was a Division I uh, wrestler back in the day, so, so, so many years ago, uh, and I hated to run. And Justin sounded very, very, very spent. But I just want you all to know right now, here's the cool thing. Right about now, Justin, Justin's at like mile 15 or 16. So just so you know that, okay, so, so make sure that as I'm talking, you're praying for him, because after that video, I think he needs it, okay? I think he needs it. And I just want to tell you right off the bat, can I do this? Branches, I want to brag on you. I celebrate you. I mean, here's the reality. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, because you, you all had nine baptisms this Easter, and, uh, and I get to support church planters now. I planted a church 35 years ago in Orange County, California, the city of Costa Mesa to be specific. And on its 30th birthday, because I didn't want to be the old guy who overstayed, I handed it off to a, a younger, much better uh, leader than myself. And that church is thriving, and it's growing, and it's multiplying. My wife and I now get to attend it. We get to serve in it. We get to give to it. But we're no longer the leaders of it. And I get to support, coach, cheer on church plants. And I'll, I'm just wanting you all to know what's going on here in Arcata and in this region of Humboldt, Humboldt County it's literally profound, okay, profound. I mean, just hearing about your Compassion Saturday, where you gave out 100 bags for people uh, in need, and, and many of you who organized that, it's because you personally have been affected in your family with people who are in need. And then, you know, the, the app, I told the group that gathered that was like the lead group here, that two, two services on Easter, two services on Easter, There's, church plants just don't have that. And this church plant does, okay? And then, I mean, they were telling me yesterday that you guys were praying for Jeff Woodkey, okay? Held captive in Niger for seven years. And then the Monday after that, the dude is set free. Give it up. Like, that is like, that is phenomenal, okay? I mean, you talk about big prayers being accomplished right here through this church. And then I just, okay, I, I don't get paid for this. Uh, I don't, um, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I've known Justin and Heidi for a long, long time. And uh, what you need to know is this. They, they are the most incredible people. You have two people who have the highest of integrity. You have two people who are deeply authentic. What you see is passionate. They are personal. They are purposeful. They, they love you and they love this area. They, beyond a shadow of a doubt, have literally been called by God to come back here. And so you... You are led by two people who have this incredible belief in a very big God. And they dream big dreams. And they know, they know that God wants to do a work here in this city and in this region. And so, Branches, I just want to tell you right now, I celebrate you and I thank God for this church. And, and even more so because of my friendship and my admiration for Justin and Heidi, I just celebrate the fact that you've got two of the most highest quality leaders you can have. Just give it up for the, Justin and, and Heidi. Would you do that? They're awesome. That's awesome. W would you join me in prayer, and then we're going to dive in the series that we've been in for a while. Let's pray. God, I pray that everything that I would say would be your words, not mine. Move me out of the way, and God, would you just speak through me? I, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I said Justin and Heidi dream big dreams for Arcata, Eureka, and, the, and this Lost Coast region. But li listen to me now. Do you ever dream 
I know I do. The, the, more, the more and more I get older, literally, I dream more these days of a better world than ever before. Like I, for example, like I, I was thinking as I was in an airport right before coming here where I saw signs in the bathroom everywhere. Like I, I dream of a world where one day there's no sex slaves and no sex trafficking. I, I dream of a world where one day racism doesn't exist because racists become radically inclusive people. I dream of a day, as I look at you here who are from Teen Challenge, I dream of a day where addicts literally are set free from the chains of addiction that have held them bondage for years and years and years. I dream of a day where no one is sexually abused any longer. I dream of a day where greedy people become generous people. I dream of a day where wandering people find connection and a spiritual home tethered to Jesus Christ himself. I dream of a day where, where, where we will put our faith, like people who put their faith in Jesus will literally want to grow up and become like him. And I dream of a day where excluded people are oftentimes excluded, but I pray that they'll be included. I dream of that kind of world. That's the world I want to see. But more and more, here's what I'm realizing. That that world doesn't come about through the passage of laws, through some political system, or even through educational pursuits. It comes about when the church and the people who make up the church decide to be the kind of church who embrace the kind of people that Jesus himself embraced. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but people who were nothing like Jesus, people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus, and Jesus liked people who were nothing like him. People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus, and Jesus liked people who were nothing like him. And that's what the church is supposed to be all about, where it's okay that people who are nothing like Jesus can actually walk in the doors of a veterans hall. And we like them when they show up. That's the most like Jesus that a church can get. And I'll tell you right now, that's what I see happening at branches under the leadership of, of Justin and Heidi. Now, maybe you're like me. Um, I ask a lot of questions. It's just the way I'm wired. I always have. And one of the questions I ask, particularly as we close out this series that we've been in here at Branches, Famous Last Words of Jesus, my question is this. Y you all have these churches, just like I, I do where I started a church in Costa Mesa, where are these churches in cities like Arcata or Eureka. It doesn't matter the city. It could be Fortuna or Ferndale or McKinneyville. There's more than one church in those places. But like kids in a family system, they're each different, yet they're very similar. And the question I have is this. What, what makes a church similar? And the more I thought about it, the conclusion that I've come to is this. What makes churches similar is they all have the same mission. And their mission comes directly from Jesus' last words, that is the last in this series called Famous Last Words. Look on the screens with me in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. It's our, it's our verse for today. It says, Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples, these new Christians, these new Christ followers, to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, that I'm with you always, even to the end 
of the world. And then, and then in John chapter 18, we get even more insight from Jesus. These aren't his last words, but he lets us know that, it lets us know that this wasn't the first time he mentioned things like this. Look at John 17, verse 18. It said, Jesus said, just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. In other words, Jesus has given us, that's right, us, you and me, a mission to our world. So today, let's look at the common mission that branches humble shares with every other church, but more importantly, because Jesus said these words to people like you and me, let's look at the mission that you have and that I have in terms of every other person in this county, every other person in this city, and every other parts of the region that is, is where we're located here today. And in John chapter 20, verse 21, look at what it says here. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. That's you. And that's me. Now, now again, another question. What are, we be, what are we being sent to do? What's our mission? Well, um, one of those who was sent early on that we're actually here because of him you may not know all that much about the Bible or church or Jesus or God, but there was this guy who wrote a lot of what we call the New Testament portion of the Bible. His name is Paul, and this is what he says. Look at it in Acts, Acts 20. Look what it says. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work the Lord Jesus gave me. And everybody say out loud. Can you read off the screens? What does it say next? What does it say next? Everybody read it together. What's it say? To tell people the good news about God's grace. So if you're taking notes, and I don't want you to miss this from Matthew 28, John 17, John 20, Acts 20. Our mission, this is like the point, just get this, a follower of Jesus is to share the good news of Jesus in our world. We're to share the good news of Jesus in our world. And God says, once you understand how wonderful my love is, I want you to pass it on to other people. I want you to share the good, grace-filled news of a loving God. Now, there's a word for this, okay, and this is what's hard about talking about this, because this word is often understood, and it's this word right here. It's the word evangelism. And, and, and sure enough, the one thing that church people and people who don't at all like church have in common is that neither of us like this word. Why? Because it makes you think of guys who have really poofy hair and shout really loud, like, you know, on TV. Or it makes you think about people who stand on street corners and hand out paper leaflets. But that's not what evangelism is at all. Evangelism, literally at the core for the word, it just means good news. That's, that's all it means, good news. In fact, how many of you here, show of hands, how many of you here have passed on some good news and I don't mean spiritual good news, but I just mean any good news, any time in your life. How some of you have here, how many of you here have ever told good news to another person? Raise your hands. Yeah. Now, have you ever done it? Oh, by the way, evangelism today is called Yelp. Okay, if you ever use Yelp or Google Root, that's what it is. Because you're sharing good news about a movie, or you're sharing good news about a coffee shop, or you're sharing good news about a restaurant or, or a vacation spot. See, tr tr truth is, it could be really good news, those, any of those things. But the good, good, good news is that God loves you, sent his son Jesus 
for you and your coworkers and your neighbors and your family members and those that you just bump into everywhere around here and that he sent you to have a purpose in your life. And God wants you to pass that on and share with other people. Now, where am I supposed to share the good news? Where? Well, look at Acts 1.8. Look at Acts 1.8. This is what Jesus said, and uh, he says this. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I don't know if you know this, because you might be kind of new to the church thing and Bible thing, and that's fine if you are. In fact, if you are, this this branch is is a great place. It's a great place, and we're glad you're here. But where where was, when, when, when Jesus told this to his followers, do you know what city they were in at the time? They were actually in Jerusalem. And so what Jesus is basically saying is, first, I want you to start at home. I want you to start with the people closest to you. To, to your neighbors, or, or people right here in this community in Arcadia, or if you live in Eureka, right in that community, or McKinleyville. Like, so, and, 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 and he says, you will be my witnesses. And let me be, the, let me be absolutely really clear right here now, because this is where church people get sideways. Jesus isn't saying you'll be my attorney. He, he's, he's not saying you'll be my prosecutor. He's not saying you'll be my salesperson. You don't have to defend God. You don't have to be a salesperson for God. All God desires is that you and I be a witness. Now, what's a witness? A witness is somebody who just tells somebody what they've seen. I saw this, and then I saw this, and then this happened. Witnesses. I I ate this, and it was really good, and you should try it too. That's a witness. A witness is, I saw this movie, and it was an incredible movie, and you, you, you should see it. It's awesome. See, we evangelize in a lot of different parts and places of our life. And we think nothing of it. But when it comes to God, we clam up. And when you think about it, witness, you're the expert about your life. Nobody can be a better witness about if you have, if you have given your heart to Jesus. Nobody can be a better witness about you than you. No, nobody, not some pastor, not some priest, just you. And God says, I just want you to tell other people what happened to you as a result of Jesus changing you. And by the way, that's been God's plan all along. Look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3.11 on the screens. Look at it. It says, this was God's plan for all of history, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And here's the amazing part. God has chosen us to complete the mission. Ephesians 3.11 is referring to the fact that that the mission that Jesus started when he came to earth, he says now through Matthew 28, which is his last words, he's saying, go, make, he says, we see the word disciple, it's literally make Christians. So you, me, we're, we're supposed to finish the task. You know what that means? God basically puts the future of the world in your hands and mine. There's this story where God is up in heaven and, and, and an angel comes up to God and, and God says, as he's looking down, my plan is to give the good news to my children on earth and ask them to share it. And the angel says back to God, well, what, what, what if they don't? What's plan B? And God says, I don't have a plan B. You're it. I'm it. 
Being on mission is the greatest privilege known to human beings. Jesus' last words, go. That's the, that's the idea today. Last, go make disciples, make Christians of all, all people in Arcata, in Eureka, in Humboldt County. So how does this happen? Let me give you three main points. Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, we got to share with those in our circle. we got to share with those in our circle. That's the starting point. Think, think, think the, thinking this thought, like, who's in your circle of relationships? Who's in your circle of influence? Where you work? In your neighborhood? In your family system? Some friendships? Who, who's, who's in your circle? Well, there was this guy that Jesus healed one day, and after Jesus healed him, the guy said, I want to travel with you everywhere you go, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I don't want you to do that. Look at this story right here, Luke. Luke 8, 38, 39. Look what it says. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. So he was healed of, of that kind of oppression and possession. And, but Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming witnessing, sharing the great things Jesus had done for him. See that? Go back to your family. And Jesus says the same thing to us. You know where our mission starts? It starts right at home. I mean, like, like in your neighborhood. Your neighbor to the right or to the left or across the street or in that you might share in your apartment complex, your condo, whatever it is. It starts right here in this community. This guy was a witness all over his town. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to go to our friends, our family, our co-workers. Now, why, why don't we do this? Here. Well, yeah. But I think primarily there's another reason. We basically think that people aren't interested in spiritual stuff. However, I'm just going to tell you right now, nothing could be further from the truth. All the polls, all the surveys say that people are more interested in spiritual things than ever before. And yes, there is fear. Even for somebody like me who does what I do. There's fear. There's embarrassment of what, what, what if they think I'm odd or I'm weird or I'm goofy. But I'm telling you right now, opportunities to share the good news are all around us every, every single day. And often it does take a bit of boldness. Sometimes it takes a little persistence. But opportunities are all around us. And God wants to use you. And there are hundreds of ways that we can be a witness saying, hey, th this is what God did for me. This is what he did for me in my life. This is what he's done for me in my marriage. This is what he did in setting me free from my addiction. And why in the world would I want to invest the time to do that with somebody else? I'll tell you why. Because your heart's still beating. I've often thought, why doesn't God take you to heaven the moment you become a Christian? I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I do. Why does God, why does God just leave you on this earth? Because the truth is, heaven's a perfect place. There's no more tears, there's no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more shame. But here on earth, we have all these problems and all these trials and all these temptations and all this kind of stuff. Why doesn't God, the moment I say yes to Jesus, I surrender my life to Jesus, instantly take me to heaven? Well, there are only two things you can't do in heaven. There's only two. 
I mean, you can sing in heaven. You can, you can, um, you can have friendships and community with other Christians in heaven because that's all that's going to be there. You, you can serve God in heaven. There's only two things you can't do in heaven. One of them, and this is the Bible word for it, one of them is sin, and the other is to tell people the good news about Jesus. Now, let me ask you, which one of those two do you think Jesus left you here for? See, the, the reason that my heart and your heart is still beating after you surrender to Jesus is because God wants you to share the good news with a coworker, a neighbor, a friend who's seen the transformation in you. God wants us to pass it on. In fact, 2 Peter, look at this, 2 Peter Look what it says in 2 Peter. It says, God isn't late with his promises. Some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end. I think you understand, even if you don't know much about the Bible, what he's basically saying is the end of the world, holding back the end, because he doesn't want anyone lost, wandering. He doesn't want that. He's given everyone space and time to change, to change their life, to hear about Jesus. God is giving, God is patient, God. He's giving people space and place, right, to change. What was Jesus saying in his last words, Matthew 28? What he's saying is this. As long as there's one single person on earth who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, and you know them, or I know them, what Jesus is saying is, go next door. Go to the cubicle at your place of employment. One of your coworkers. I mean, do you, ever that? do you know how much God cares for your neighbors, your coworkers? I mean, we're just one month removed from when branches celebrated two services for Easter on Easter and Good Friday weekend. Do you know how much God cares for your, the people in your life? Do you know that much? Like, just think about it. Jesus' arms outstretched on a cross. This is how much I love your neighbors. This is how much I love your friends. This is how much I love your family members. This is how much I love the people next door. This much. And so we care because God cares. We've got to care about what God cares about the most. He cares about people, the people you know and the people I know who haven't yet as of yet, experienced a relationship with Jesus. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to think of three people. Three people you know, maybe in your high school. Three people you know, maybe on your college campus. Three people you know in this community. I'm going to ask you to do this right now. Take out your cell phone. Take out your cell phone, and I want you to text yourself the name of three people, three people you know don't know Jesus in your circle of influence. Just put their first names there. Text yourself their names. And starting today and every day, would you pray for those three people that God would give you an open door to share the greatest news of all time? And when I say share the greatest news of all time, I'm not saying being goofy and weird and, 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 uh, and, and mean as so many Christians sometimes portray themselves. I'm talking about being winsome and joyful, yes. and encouraging. Three people, 
in your circle. Okay, number two, number two. We, we got to step out and go beyond our comfort zones to those outside our circles, to those outside our circles. Love demands that you and I move beyond our comfort zones with people of different backgrounds and different education and different economics. You, you see, our mission has eternal consequences. There's heaven and hell. We don't talk much about either one of those anymore. That we, we, we must risk everything to get the message out. Because, for example, just show of hands, how many of you here have had someone you know or love where their life has been affected by cancer? Just raise your hands. Raise your hands. Just about every hand is up. Let me say something. If I had the cure for cancer, believe me, I'd be shouting it from the street corners. It would be a crime to keep it silent. But I've got something that's even more incredible, and that's a way to life everlasting. And somebody cared enough to tell me and I've got to be caring enough to tell somebody else. 1 Corinthians 9, look what it says. Verse 22, whatever each person is like, I try to find common ground with him or her so that he will, she will let me tell them about Christ and let Christ save them. In other words, I don't hang, just hang out with people like me. See, as someone who, who's, who's uh, uh, just a point I'll make here, as someone who's called to follow Jesus, I'm called to build bridges. I'm called to build bridges, not walls. And so many times now in our culture, in a 21st century world, it seems like Christians build walls, not bridges. We're called to be... When, when Jesus said, Matthew 28, go, you know what he's saying? He expects you and me to make the first move. Yeah. Repeatedly, God says, go. Like, you can't spell God without go. You can't spell good news without go. You can't spell gospel without go. Jesus is saying, Go. Go beyond your own circles. And, and by the way, Jesus always rooted for the underdog. Yeah. The people that society wanted to ignore. The powerless, the poor, the left behind, the imprisoned, the orphan, the widow, the aged, the mentally ill, the social outcast. And it branches, it's our desire, it branches, it's our desire to have hundreds of us who reach out beyond ourselves. Yeah, we know some family members and co-workers and, 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 and neighbors, but it's not just those folks. we got to go another ring out from those folks. Because you know what? One day, I will stand before God, and you will stand before God, and you will get an audit of how you've lived your life. And he's going to judge whether or not you loved or you just talked a good game. Did you ever do anything about showing your love for your neighbor, for a family member, for a coworker? or for somebody in this city, in this county, who would be seen as an outcast, the least, the marginalized. And one day Jesus said he's going to separate people into two groups. And he's going to say one thing to one group and another thing to another group. Look at this in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. He says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. If you go read the whole chapter there, people said to Jesus, when do we do that for you? And he says, when you've done it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it for me. And your Compassion Saturday that you did a few weeks ago, Christianity is all about healing broken, messed up lives. It's all about healing, hurting people, helping people. Um, and I'm not going to kid you here. It's going to cost you. It will. 
It'll break you out of your self-centeredness bubble, your self-comfort bubble, and it'll cost you time and effort and energy and sometimes even money, maybe even your privacy sometimes. But God has promised eternal rewards. Look at Mark 10. Mark 10. Mark 10, 29, Jesus replied, Let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for the love of me and to tell others the good news. Now that's the going part, right? Who won't be given back. Read with me the last four words. What does the last four words say? Read it. What does it say? A hundred times over. So when you go, whether the people respond or not, when you go, you're gaining investments in heaven. Get this. That's 10,000% interest. You can't get those rates right now anywhere in the United States. You talk about a blessing? This is big time stuff. Number three point. Number three point. Okay, so you go to your inner circle, you go to the next circle. Now, being like Jesus means we care about the whole world. The whole world. Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said to his followers. Mark 15, verse 16, verse 15 says, Go everywhere into the world and tell the good news to everyone. I want you to notice a couple things about that verse. <clears throat> Was Jesus only talking to the Justin and Heidi Foxes of the world? Anybody? No. no. Was he talking to missionaries? No. He's talking to everyday, ordinary people like us. And he says, if you're a Christian, he says to his followers everywhere, because everybody deserves to hear the good news, he says, go. And you know what? That used to be impossible. When Jesus said it to his followers, they didn't even have ships to cross, cross continents and oceans. They, they at best could walk or have a donkey, and maybe if they were really wealthy, they could have a camel. Now today we've got trains and planes and internet. world's gotten smaller. Look at Mark 8, Mark 8, 35. Mark 8, 35 says, if you insist on saving your life, you'll lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and the sake of the good news, there it is again, will ever know what it means to really live. Can I say this? Only know what it means to really, the secret of a fulfilled life. It's not found in a job. It's, it's not even found in a marriage or parenting. Well, good. If you have kids, you know it's not found in parenting, okay? Amen. I mean, I've got a 39-year-old and a 37-year-old and two grandkids and two son-in-laws. But what it says there and I've tried to just show you that all through the, all through the Gospels, of the, I try to show you that today. This isn't just like one verse, like Matthew 28 that Justin put in this series, famous last week. It's not just one. This is like a theme. So I'm going to ask you a very pointed question. It'll be one of the last things I say today. Here's the question. Is anybody going to be in heaven because... Of you. When you get to heaven one day, if you call yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, is anybody going to come up as soon as you die and come over to you and say, Thank you. I'm here because you opened your mouth and shared with me the good news of Jesus Himself. Thank you. Thank you for not keeping it a secret. You know, there in the state of California, the same state I live that you live in, 270,000 people died in 2022. Most of those people will go into eternity without Jesus. In the next 365 days, 
approximately 3 million people in this country will die. Most of them will go into eternity without Jesus. The numbers are almost too difficult for me to even bear. And if we care, what would be more important than going to somebody? You don't know all of Californians, but you see the face of your neighbor. You know the name of a coworker. You have a family member, a friend. So let me ask you the question one more time. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Jesus' famous last words were, go. Go make Christians. And then if they respond, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've told you about. And don't worry. You don't have to be fearful. Don't be, he said that because I'll be with you. I'll be with you to the very end of the world. Let's stand for a prayer, and then we're going to sing some more. Let's stand. As you, as you stand, would you just all bow your heads? And that may be weird for you, but if you would just bow your heads right now. You don't have to close your eyes, but just bow your heads. I want you to be absolutely on the level with me. I think you can tell that I shoot straight. But with your heads bowed, let's just be honest. Let's just be gut level honest. How many of you here today, you really struggle sharing about Jesus with someone else. Just, just raise your hands. Just raise your hands. You just struggle with it. Just be honest. Raise your hands. Yeah, lots of hands are up. You can put your hands down. But I want you right now as we close, I want you to think of those three people. A coworker, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, somebody you frequent maybe a gym with, somebody whose kids are in the same sports club, maybe you're in some sort of hobby group, recreational group. Three people, I want you to get their names and faces in your mind. Names and faces in your mind. Would you just right now, as we close, just say, Jesus, Give me the words when the door is open. To share about you. That's our simple prayer today. And by the way, if we do that, we're we're literally obeying this command to go. So God, I pray for each name, each face that's represented by each person here at Branches. And I pray over the next days, weeks, months, we'll have the courage to open up our mouth 
lovingly, kindly, compassionately, compellingly share about you, Jesus. Maybe it's just something as simple as inviting them here to branches on a weekend and having them sit right next to us. I ask this, Lord, for all of us, including me, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Let's sing together.